It's a Friday. It's after five. What do you say to that? Oh, yeah. Time for the weekend to begin, but it can't start until we ask the preacher. Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Ask the Preacher. Here's John Freed. Well, good afternoon and good weekend to you, Lakeland. It is good to be uh, with you here in the studio again on WLKF for Ask the Preacher. We're glad that you are listening. Uh, everybody, please put your hands together and welcome the fantastically wonderful Mr. George Locke into the studio today. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here with all you beautiful people out there in Radio Land. Hey, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. The title implies join us in the conversation. You can either ask a question that is on topic, off topic, or uh, give us your two cents on what we're talking about. The phone number to do that is 863-682-1430. 1430 Nailed it. You can also go to askthepreacher.com. You can check out previous episodes there. You can find the phone number in case you don't recall what it is. Uh, you can also find some other information and ask questions there, and we will do our best to answer those questions on follow-up episodes. So again, that number is 863-682-1430. And uh, today we're going to be touching uh, a subject that is... Possibly uncomfortable for some people, which is ironic, considering what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, it's it's uh, probably a topic that is not spoken enough about. For sure. And we, but yet, we, it's dealt with all the all time. All the time. Ooh, bit of a riddle there. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to deal with uh, offense, how to handle situations uh, when there's conflict, how to remedy those situations, how to... Um, not only handle it from a practical point of view that that garners results, gets results, but but how God handles these issues and uh, how it is really the, the best way to go about them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I, I want to start with uh, reading something out of Matthew chapter eighteen. Actually, before I start, let me give you the preface as to why this came up uh, to talk about this. Um, a few months ago, a, a situation occurred um, at at church. Uh, where a uh, an, an older gentleman who had, had retired from ministry, uh, I, I love very much and respect very much, and and uh, and and somebody accused him uh, of, you know, something that was you know wrong to do, and and uh, and they came to me about it, and and um, and I I didn't really handle the situation the right way. I, I handled it uh, in a very simple and easy way. I thought that it was going to be just like uh, water off a duck's back, no big deal. So I just went to the guy and I talked to the guy about it and and it bothered him greatly so much so that he ended up leaving the 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 church and and I was like whoa this did not go the way that I planned and it and it bothered me and so I, I went to prayer set myself to prayer uh, not like all day long I had other things to do but uh, just earnestly before the Lord for about three days and I got an answer from the Lord I handled it wrong and so I got into the scriptures and began to study as according to what the Lord was directing me and uh, and He showed me some things. Um, and, and so, uh, what I, what I learned in that process, you know, there's a different way to talk to an elder about a situation than there is about just, uh, I'm, I'm going to say a normal person, whatever, but, um, uh, you know, a peer, there's a, one way to talk to an elder as there is another way to talk to a peer. 
concerning a situation, and, and Scripture actually speaks about that. Um, and then there is a way to talk to people uh, when you have problems with stuff. So what re- really triggered this conversation today is that yesterday a fellow minister called me. Uh, they they passed their church in another town, and and they called and asked for some advice. And, and they said, um, you know, your dad had been in ministry for such a long time and had a lot of wisdom, and, and would uh, I'd ask him questions from time to time, and I don't want to call him now, so I figured I'd call you. You were right alongside with him for da-da-da-da, and you know, how did y'all handle X, Y, Z? And so she laid out this uh, situation, uh, the, the, the wife of, of, of the pastor and wife team, and, and, uh, and, and I said, well, here's what I would do. Uh, and I just laid out to her what to do, and and I and I gave her scripture. Um, and then uh, today, somebody came to me, and they had a little issue, and they didn't know how to deal with it. And I thought, you know what? Uh, these these this is a conversation that needs to happen, uh, even to the general public, and to know how to have conflict resolution a Bible way. And so I want to read something out of Matthew chapter eighteen. It'll be our basis for today, and then there's some other baselines that we'll draw as well. Um, But this is Jesus speaking. uh, So you have in Matthew chapter 17 and Matthew chapter 18, a lot of words in red, a lot of Jesus' words here. Um, And so he says here in verse 15, so Matthew 18, verse 15, uh, he says, If your brother uh, does something wrong against you, go to him and tell him his fault. Let it be between you and him alone, and keep it there. And if you win him, you will win your brother. So, uh, and I'll keep reading. I'll come back and talk about these things after the break in just a moment. But if he, if you can, if he will not hear you, and you do not win him, then go and gather one or two more people, so that they can be witnesses, to so that every word will be established. Verse seventeen. And if he will, ne- will neglect to hear them, this is you and your witnesses now, if he now neglects to hear them, then go tell it to the church, which you, would not be the whole church body. That would be like the church leadership. You go to authority, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you, and, but, it, but if he does not hear the church, then let him be at the, as a heathen man and a publican. Uh, in other words, you, you, you put him out. You, know, you, you write him off, so to speak. Um, so... Uh, and, then, and then you can go on, but I want you to catch this verse 18, 19, 20, because this is the resolution. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Now, people love this verse sometimes, and they like taking authority, right? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose or whatever you permit. So whatever you stop on earth will be stopped in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you permit or whatever you loose on earth will be loosed, will be permitted in heaven. Again, I say to you, verse 19, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, um, as, as touching anything that you shall ask, it will be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered there in my name, there am I in the midst. Now, I think we take that verse, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst, and we can isolate it, and it, and it still holds some truth, but it's not an isolated verse. It's in the context of this resolution, of this conflict resolution. And what it's basically saying here is when you and a brother have an, are at odds against each other, something has gone wrong, there's an offense from one towards another, that you go to them and you work to make it right. If necessary, bring some witnesses. If necessary, bring some higher authority. 
but get it right. Why? So that when you can come into agreement, anything that you ask together, and now in this unified, no friction, in this unity between the two of you, your Father can come along and bring a perfect resolution. It will be done. It will be settled. It will be handled by our Father which is in heaven. I believe that's the greater context of what's going on here. Instead of taking four or five verses and isolating them all by themselves, put them together. If we have it an odd with our brother that we go to them, we bring witnesses if necessary, we bring authority if necessary, but it's important to get it fixed, get it right, so that we come into agreement so that our Father can come alongside of us and help us solve the issue clean. That's what we'll be talking about today. Well, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. Phone number to call in, 863-682-1430. Folks, we're sorry we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back, and we look forward to joining you right after this break. And we are getting our Bible questions answered this afternoon on Ask the Preacher. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship. Here's George and John. <laughs> there you go, George. Welcome back to the program, everybody. <laughs> this is George, introduced to you by Eric. And you are listening to Ask the Preacher. Sitting to my left is John Freed. And uh, we're talking about offense. And man, John, just before the break, I was genuinely enthralled at what you were saying. I was uh, intently listening. I think that was a fantastic word and how you brought everything together uh, out of Matthew 18. And the, the fact that you're right, a lot of people, especially in the church, we always like to take, especially the whatever you bind in heaven is bound on earth, loose in heaven. Is, we, we take that as its own thing, but we never look at it as the full context of really the whole purpose of it is unity and yeah. communion. And, you know, we look in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost occurred and the Holy Spirit fell on everybody. In my opinion, I'm, I like to consider myself a scholar of the Bible, and I have the opinion that there is no word, no number, no form of grammar that is in there by mistake. It's all right. chosen by God for a reason. And so it's interesting to me that when in Acts chapter 2, he points out that they were in unity with one heart, one accord, then that's when the Holy Spirit fell. And and so um, one thing, I talk to this buddy of mine a lot about... Uh, uh, Eastern Orthodox and their view, and, and they are so heavy into communion. Mm -hmm. Everything about them is communion and being one together as we're one with the, the family in heaven, as we're one with God, as the Father and the Son are one, as Jesus's prayer was. You know, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. And so it really is revelatory to me and, and, and illuminating to me to really see that chapter in context, that it's about getting rid of your offense, talking it through with your brother so that you guys can be in unity. Yeah, the um, remember the whole picture uh, of, of Christianity in the church is the body and the bride of Christ. So we're the body of Christ, all, all, the, all those that are saved, all those that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we are the body of Christ, and the analogy is uh, a full and complete body that is being perfected um, mm. and being matured, right? So a body grows up. Well, as your body grows, it's supposed to all grow proportionately together, 
uh, your legs don't grow alone. You know, your arms would also grow. Your your intestinal uh, areas would grow as well. Your stomach is smaller as a kid than it is, uh, I suppose, as an adult, right? Um, you Mine's know. getting larger every week. It's <laughs> yeah. a problem. All, you know, for the most part, all the different parts of our body uh, grow in proportion. Uh, they fit and join together. So not only are all the body parts supposed to grow together, but they're supposed to be fitly joined Together, You know, you don't wake up every morning and put your head on and put your foot on and, you know, put the different parts of your body on. It stays connected. And so we are the body of, of Christ. We're supposed to be connected. We're supposed to stay connected. We're, we're, um, we're not supposed to—we're not necessarily supposed to have to reunite, but if we get divided, we should reunite. Just like if your arm were severed from your body, it would be your desire to have your arm reattached, you know, surgically, miracle, whatever, right? Um, you would desire your body back um, intact. In and so that is how God desires his body to be intact. And when one member suffers uh, departure, separation, a cut, an offense uh, from another, he desires that to be healed. Well, a lot of people will end up saying, well, God's going to have to do that. Well, well, guess what, though? He gave us instruction in Scripture as to how to remember ourselves together, how to reunite, how to forgive one, one another, uh, or how to go to somebody, and this is really what this is talking about, what I just read before the first break, how we go to somebody and say, hey, man, you really bothered me. You know, I'm not saying we should do that about everything. There's some stuff, it's so trivial that, that um, you know, Paul wrote in one occasion, and he said, why don't you just suffer the wrong? You know, why, do you, why are you so adamant uh, against being defrauded and you take your brother to court? You know, I mean, uh, now, th- there may be a, a time where that type of thing is, is uh, reasonable, but what, what Paul is actually saying is, don't go outside. You that are in the house of God, don't go outside of the house of God for, for judgment on a matter. Stay within the house of God for righteous judgment on a matter. Don't go to the to the heathen to decide what is right and wrong. But anyway, but we're not even talking about that level. There's a lot of things where, you know, um, I sat down with a person the other day. They were they were bothered over some things that were said to them, and uh, and I found out that in two days uh, concerning this person, they wanted to talk to me about three things that had bothered them, and they all happened within a very short time period, within like a few days from each other. And I'm thinking, wait a second. I'm wondering what the common denominator, oh, I know what it is. It's this person, right? So I began to think about it and say, hmm, they're saying that so-and-so said this bad thing against them, and so-and-so said this bad thing against them, and so-and-so else said this bad thing against them. I wonder if they misunderstood or if they misheard. So I sat down with this person. And uh, and they said, "Oh, I'm glad you sit down with me." So and so said this. So and so said that. So and so, and I'm making it, you know, real vague and short. And I said, "I don't think so." Are you calling me a liar? I said, "No." I'm wondering if maybe you had a difficulty hearing them in the environment in which they spoke it. Well, what do you mean? I said, "Well, the one occasion was in the middle of a church service, and you said somebody said something rude to you concerning passing the offering bag. You know, pass the bag now." Then I said. Do you do you? I wonder if maybe you couldn't hear them. And and they said, "Hey, you know, the music is going. Pass the bag now." Well, maybe I don't know. Well, and then and then some, you know, said you couldn't sit here or whatever. You know, some things are kind of trivial. I'm thinking, 
Um, those things are so minor. Why do they bother people? Well, it bothered this particular person because she's fragile in some of those areas, and she needs healing in some of those areas. She she is constantly felt talked down to by people all of her life, and so I I, I talked to her about that and said, "The Lord, we're gonna we're gonna find healing in that area." Uh, to where you can develop some a little bit of, of toughness and not be uh, offended uh, if somebody if you think somebody spoke to you wrong that you'll give them in the benefit of the doubt right now you're not able to because you don't have any strength in that area we're going to develop some strength in that area well on the flip side some people have no strength in the area of going and talking to a person about a situation and they just say well I don't want to say anything to them I'll just I'll just suffer I'll just leave it alone and and those things sit there and they fester and fester until a person just is like a boiling teapot. One day they're going to scream and shout and explode when what they really could have done is learned how to go talk to somebody about this situation. I'm going to give you a real quick um, uh, tip on how to talk to people. we got to take a break in less than two minutes. Um, you've probably heard the statement, honesty is always the best policy. Well, it is. Honesty is always the best policy. You can say, if I really told a person the truth, it might hurt their feelings. Yeah, it might. So now tact becomes the next next factor. Never substitute honesty with anything else. You have to be honest. Now you can be tactful second, but if you become dishonest in order to be tactful, you've lost the point. So you come with honesty. You add tact. Um, so you may need to bring an issue to somebody very softly, very gently, in the right environment, at the right timing. Um, you know, husbands, on your way out the door, you might not want to holler out across the car in the middle of the driveway when the neighbor's out washing their car and say, Honey, by the way, your breath stinks. You might should have said that in the house softly. Hey, babe, I noticed, um, you know, your breath, you just probably, women would speak to men about this. Men's breath stink probably more. Anyway, um, maybe you should brush your teeth before we go. Or, uh, hey, you missed that spot on the back of your head. You do it privately, right? You correct your kids as much as possible privately. Praise them publicly. So there's a, there's a time and there's place, but there's always honesty. So you have truth first, tact second, time Maybe maybe third and and place would be fourth and I am out of time and space to continue. We'll have to talk about it when we come back. Wow, great wisdom in all that, folks. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. Phone number to join in on the conversation. Ask a question on topic, off topic is eight six three six eight two fourteen thirty. We will see you in just a few moments after this break. Now let's return to the second half of Ask the Preacher. Your chance to have Bible questions answered brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Here's John Freed. Hey, my turn now. Hey, George, I think I'm going to poke the bear here. All right. Um, just because we're in Matthew chapter 18, talking about offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, just before the verses we just read out of Matthew chapter 18, verses 15, it talks about going to somebody when they've sinned against you, done wrong against you. Go to talk to them, bring witnesses if necessary, bring church authority if necessary. But win your brother back. Fix the, fix the fault, fix the relationship, fix, fix the friction, um, and then your Father, which is in heaven, can come and, and uh, really fix it with you. Uh, whatever you bind in earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall also be loose in heaven. Okay, so that's Matthew 15 through 21, um, through 20. But the verses before that, this is where Jesus is talking about little children, and he says, if anybody offends one of these little children, uh, th- then, then a millstone should be tied around their neck, and they should be thrown 
off the edge of the dock. That's my phrase for it. Should be thrown into the sea and drowned, right? Um, so, uh, so, but I want to use that term offense. What it really means is sin, if you sin against a child. And so I'm going to poke the bear and just just say uh, and, and applaud Governor Ron DeSantis right now with uh, with yeah. what he's uh, talking about. You know, pedophiles, people that do crimes against children. Mm-hmm. The Bible says you should tie a giant stone around their neck and throw them into the bottom of the ocean. Uh, so for for um, transgenders and and um, what's a cross-dressing parties and uh, what do they call those like things? groomers the drag queens the drag queens and, and all of that grooming stuff and and uh and, and anyone who would teach children sexual perversions uh and uh, you know anybody who teaches those things at all is it's just it's disgusting it's wrong it's morally reprehensible it's mm-hmm. sinful uh the bible is clear um, that it is such a great offense when you do that to a little child, that Jesus, the most loving, peaceful man, half the people of the world thinks he walks around floating on air, farting tulips, you know. Um, anyway, but, uh, oh, I think I just got uh, I just got buzzed there because I said the F word, but it was not the F word like people think the F word. It was the past gas F word. Um Anyway, you know, that, that Jesus is just smells like roses all the time. Jesus said that when, when you make a sexual crime against a, a child, that there should be a rock tied around your neck, a heavy one, a millstone. This is something that a, that a horse or a mule or an ox would turn on a long stick and grind the wheat with. You're talking, uh, you know, a thousand, two thousand, maybe three thousand pound boulder. You're not talking about a little stone like David killed Goliath with. Uh, this uh, pedophilia junk. Anyway, poking the bear there. No, I mean, right on to Governor DeSantis with his uh, endeavors to uh, his endeavors to make those crimes uh, severely punished in the state of Florida. That's a government I can totally get behind and and uh, applaud. And let's make it happen, uh, lawmakers in the state of Florida. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but but back to the conflict resolution. Uh, did you have a no, no, I was just gonna. Okay, so yeah, so back to the conflict resolution. Um, I mentioned right before we went to the to the bottom of the hour break, uh, four four things that you could you could think about uh, when dealing with with conflict. Truth is first. You always have to 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 speak truth. Uh, tact is second. How do I speak the truth? Well, the scripture says, "Speaking the truth in love, we may mm-hmm. grow up." Right, and he says, "Grow up into all things concerning Christ," but that we may grow up. So when we speak the truth, we have to speak the truth in love. Yep. And then there's timing. Uh, have you ever noticed anybody uh, that has has teenagers and your teenager wants to drop a bomb on you? They made a bad grade in a class or uh, they they did something stupid and gotten in big trouble or, or whatever. Um, they, they don't tell you when they get home from school. They tell you the next morning when they're about to get out of the car, leaving – going to school, right? You're dropping them off and they say, oh, hey, by the way, dad, um, I got suspended three days next week. Uh, Got to go. Bye. Right? Well, they're they're smart. They're doing that on purpose. Why? Because they're using timing to their advantage. They know you can't do anything right now about this and losing your cool with me because 
I got to go to class and you got to go to work and you know you we can't talk about this right now. So they're they're putting time as a buffer um, between dealing with the situation and it doesn't always work to your advantage, but they're using time um, they're using time tactfully. Um, and then the other other the other thing is is place um, place. You 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 don't uh, you know husbands. It's it's not a good idea. To, to talk about some kind of friction point that you might have with your wife when you're out on a date with her tonight, Friday night at, at dinner. Um, you know, talk about that some other time. Enjoy your time on, on your date with your wife, you know. Now, maybe you have some serious issues. Unless you want to really spice things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you have some serious issues you need to deal with. Um, well, maybe that's when you need to go to a counselor instead of talking about serious issues at the, you know, in the middle of uh, Bonefish Grill or, you know, Harry's downtown or whatever, right? Um, so, so do those things at the right place. So, um, but I want to go back to the first thing, truth. Truth. Honesty is the best policy. Um, people will ask me from time to time they're dealing with it with a work-related issue. It's not always relationship. It's, uh, it's, it's relationship, but it's a work relationship, right? Um, hey, I, I got to tell my boss about this or, or uh, my, my coworkers or whatever. How do I deal with this situation? And I said, well, what is it that really bothers you about the situation? Well, they'll be honest with me. Well, it's da-da-da-da-da. And I'll say, well, then you tell them that. I can't tell them that. Well, why not? Well, because of this and that. So, so I was thinking about telling them something else. I'll, I'll tell them. So if you have an X, Y, Z, they're going to talk about an L, M, N, O, P instead, right? They're going to move down the line and talk about something else. Or let me say it this way. Instead of dealing with a number one issue, they're going to go down and deal with number three or four. Um, let's say somebody was going to do something for you, George, and uh, you didn't want them to, to do this. And you had three reasons why you didn't want them to do this, but you... Um, but you know, you thought I can't really tell them the main reason. So I'm going to tell them the third. And the, and the third reason was, is because they told you that, um, that they would come next Saturday and do it. And you would really prefer it done on another day than Saturday. But the real reason why you didn't is because you didn't think they were qualified to do the job. That's number one, but you didn't want to tell them that because you were a coward. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> hypothetical. Um, so, anyway, um, so you end up telling this guy. So so you say, uh, Bob, uh, man, I, I I really I really wish you could do the job. Oh, you just lied, right? I really wish you could do the job, but uh, you you can't do it when I when I need it done. You know, you said you can't come and do it till Saturday, so I really can't have you do it. And Bob says, Oh, well, that's no problem. I just told you Saturday because that's the most convenient time for you. But uh, what what day do you want me to come? And then you're like, oh, uh, well, I was thinking more like Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday? I can do Tuesday. Not a problem. Well, now you're stuck. Now you got to hire Bob. You don't feel that he's qualified, but you got to hire him anyway because you couldn't tell him the truth. Or now you're going to say, well, Bob, the real reason why I didn't want to hire you is I don't think you're qualified to do this for me. Well, why didn't you tell him that in the first place? You know. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, then re- for making me the bad guy in this uh, fictional scenario. <laughs> and I just think people are, are they're, we're afraid uh, less and less in our society. Do we do <laughs> FaceTime? Um, we do FaceTime more often. Uh, what, I, what I mean by that is person to person. Now we literally do it over the phone. You know, you hold the phone up and you show the job. You, you, uh, it's an email. There's, there's all these layers of separation. Um, and it gives all of us this uh, this ability to talk to people with a little more boldness. But in reality, we don't have more. We're hiding behind all these layers uh, of protection. 
and um, you know, you fi- we're finding in younger society, they don't know how to talk to people anymore. You walk up to somebody in conversation, they're looking at your shoes instead of at your face. Yeah. You know, and so these are things we we need to rebuild in our our society. And the Bible, it's the it's a book of ancient wisdom, man. It it really is. And and so for a couple thousand years, here we have by Jesus' own words some some uh, some ways and to go talk to people when we have problems and how to get them how to get them resolved. Um, following the scriptures is just always the wise thing to do in life. Yeah, one of my favorite proverbs. Usually, in regards to conflicts and, and resolutions, is Proverbs 15.1. Uh, it says that a gentle word turns away wrath. And on the surface, it's a pretty good verse. You know, having a gentle word, speaking kindly to people, it, it prevents them from getting angry. But when you think about it a little deeper, it doesn't just get rid of the... Uh, it, it says that a gentle word can turn away anger. But it doesn't say it'll get rid of the other things that the person might feel. It might not. The gentle word might not get rid of Bob in our fictional uh, yeah. scenario here. Solve his the hurt. It, it just keeps the fire away. Right. It doesn't resolve Bob's hurt. It doesn't resolve uh, Bob's feeling of rejection. But it at least prevents the wrath and prevents the anger. And from there, we can you know address some of Bob's concerns. And so we're going to talk about uh, that and some more stuff when we come back from the break. Just a reminder, you are listening to Ask the Preacher. You can join in on the conversation, ask a question on topic or off topic by calling 863-682-1430. We'll see you in just a moment. Uh, But now it's time for the fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George and John. (laughs) George and John. Oh, look at that. And at the end of the day, it was both of us. (laughs) Very poetic, Eric. Thank you. Appreciate that. Anytime. (laughs) Well, folks, we are talking about uh, offense. And, you know, in our conversation, I I think it's been really good. And just a reminder, you can go to askthepreacher.com. You can check out previous episodes. So in a couple of days or in a week or so, you'll be able to re-listen to this episode on askthepreacher.com. And I think it's been, for me personally, it's it's been a really great show and and illuminating. But one thing that was interesting to me, we were talking about this uh, during the break a little bit off air, was uh, in our conversation, it assumes that when we are playing the role of the person who's attempting to do the reconciliation, I'm going to my brother, I'm I'm trying to uh, find the common ground and 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 bring unity and and uh, ask for the offense to be resolved. It assumes that I'm right, that I'm not the one with error. Um, yeah, out of Matthew chapter 18, that, that's definitely the, the case there, because it says if your brother has sinned uh, against you. Um, but in, in Mark 11, it says if you have ought against anyone, in Mark eleven twenty five, when you stand praying, if you have ought against any. Uh, so what does that mean, ought? That means anything. It's a, it's a unit of measurement, um, and so it's a unit of size. So if you have anything against anyone, you should, you should leave your gift at the altar and go to them. Uh, so, so in that sense, it, it, you, we, could, we should recognize that it doesn't matter whether, in one sense, whether they're the one that committed the wrong or whether I'm the one that committed the wrong. Reconciliation is at the heart of God. Um, Galatians 6, 1 um, says, ye brethren, uh, if, you're, if your brother sin a sin against you, ye brethren which are spiritual, 
um, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Considering yourself, lest you also be mm-hmm. tempted. So it adds the understand there uh, that it, that it, that it, it could be me. Um, and in Matthew chapter 18, you do go and have a conversation with your brother, and it says, if he hear you. And you bring up a good point. Well, what if, what if I'm the one that needs to hear him? What if I have the yeah. misunderstanding? Kind of like the lady that I mentioned that I sat down with the other day, and I said, well, maybe you misunderstood what was being said. And when I talked to her about these three occasions, and I offered her three potential, could it have happened this way? Oh, well, yeah, maybe so. You know, And so she was very wise in to say, maybe I misunderstood the occasion, and instead I've got offended by it, but maybe I misunderstood. But um, So to start off with is the idea that we actually have to develop the courage uh, and the ability to go talk to somebody about a situation. Um, I got an anonymous letter the other day. Oh, by the way, we got a phone call that somebody's going to sue us because we have an advertisement uh, we're, we're false advertising that Jesus still he- heals today. I thought that was funny. Anyway, I just figured I'd mention that. Wait, um, are you serious? No, I'm serious. Yeah. Oh, they so, should just look at my foot that I cut off with a circular <laughs> saw that's now not cut off. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, I got an anonymous <clears throat> letter. And the pe- person, uh, made, I got anonymous letters during COVID time and things like that. And the people make genuine, passionate appeals. They really do. But the problem is they're anonymous. I have no way in reconciling this issue with this person because I don't know who it is. They didn't have the courage to come talk to me face-to-face, which bothers me on a couple occasions. One, that means am I hard to approach? I don't want to be hard to approach, right? But my, my point is to say um, we, we should be able to be confronted, and we should be able to confront. Yeah. We should be able to talk with people. I like the way David uh, was explaining it in Psalm 51. He, he has this whole story where he sins against Bathsheba and, and he kills uh, her husband and, and he gets confronted with this. And, and David makes this declaration to God. He says, it's against you, God, that I've sinned. And when we realize that, you know, Jesus goes on and he talks about the plank in your brother's eye. Well, don't worry about the, the splinter in your brother's eye because you got a two by four. You got a beam sticking out of yours. And it, it really kind of goes back to this thought of David that, uh, I don't have any law of my own that people can violate. Yeah. I, wow. I don't write morality. I'm in the same boat as my brother. It's God's law that we violate. So when there is this conflict of uh, I'm offended or my brother sinned against me, well, which one of your laws did your brother break? And if he broke your law, how are you going to pay for it? When we realize that it's not my law that my brother broke, if, if, if I think he broke a law, it's God's law, and, and God has a way to deal with that. And so what we're to do, if we are not in the wrong, we should first examine ourselves and make sure we didn't violate God's law. And if we're not, and it's truly our, our brother that's at fault, well, we shouldn't uh, have a, a stance of, I need to seek forgiveness. We should really have the stance of reconciliation. We know yeah. that reconciliation is brought through the cross. Yeah. If I'm going to make it right with God— I have to make it right with my brother. Jesus said, whatever you've done on the least, you've also done unto me. Uh, they asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, number one, love God. Number two is equal to number one, love people, right? Um, so the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do, uh, un, uh, as you would have them do unto you. Treat them the way you want them to treat you. There it is. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, we, we can't say, uh, and, and in Mark 11 that, that I read, it says, leave your gift at the altar. 
Here you are going to make offering to God, and yeah. God says, you got a problem with your brother. I don't want your offering. You can't make peace with me until you make peace with them. That, when you, when you consider that, that's how, that's how important it is to God that we get our issues between each other fixed and, and straightened out. He doesn't want us to approach him as a broken bride, as a broken yeah. body. He is looking for a whole, complete body and bride. And the good news about it is today is the day of salvation. Yes, so if sir. you need to make reconciliation with your brother and reconciliation with God, today is the day to do that. It's done through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So I'd encourage you, if you need that, do it, because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Just call out to God in the best way you know how. He's your best friend, and he's waiting to hear from you. He really is. Hey, we love you. God bless you. We're from Believer's Fellowship. You can visit online before you visit in person if you'd like. Believer'sFellowship.com. We'll see you next Friday.